What is up, internets? Welcome to another episode of the Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense podcast. Today on the show, we have my friend, Ben. Uh, but before we get to Ben, as always, I want to explain how this show works. So maybe you know who Ben is and you have no idea who the hell I am. And you found us because Ben shared this on his channels. What the Devil's Advocate for Self-Defense podcast is about is getting people to have civil conversations about hotbed topics in the self-defense and martial arts community. The way the show is formatted is myself and my guest will take one side of a topic. We're only going to be debating that side of the topic. We're not going to be talking about our actual thoughts or feelings on it, even though they may overlap. That's not the initial goal of the show you're listening to right now. If you do want to hear our actual thoughts and feelings on this topic, feel free to join us on Patreon on the $5 level for final thoughts, where we'll go over the show and we'll talk about our actual feelings on it. But for this free debate, the point of this is I will take a side, my guests will take a side, and we will debate only our side for 20 minutes. The purpose of this show is to teach people to think a little bit for themselves. I find that too many people are just listening to information from high level instructors and then regurgitating their sound bites as opposed to creating their own thoughts and opinions. So our goal for this show is for you to get your own thoughts and opinions on a topic, hearing two sides of it. I know personally, this show has changed my view on a few topics when I took the opposite side. So I always take the side of the debate that the guest decides they don't want to take. Usually I'm on the devil's advocate side, but today that's not the case. I have the normal side of this debate. Uh, when Ben talks about his, <laughs> when Ben goes in his intro, you'll understand what that is. There's a few rules for the show. Number one, we start as friends, we leave as friends. So at no point will this get heated and I'm going to throw the computer. Ben's going to get pissed off ideally, right? That's, not the point of this. I want you to understand you can have a civil conversation with somebody and not just like block them on all your social media after it's possible. I promise. The other rule is we try to stay away from basic logic fallacies. There's 15 logic fallacies. We particularly try to stay away from. If you want to know what those are, feel free to jump on episode one of the show where I go through each and every one of the fallacies, but they're all very basic. If myself or my guest gets caught in a fallacy, like caught hard in a fallacy, we do lots of soft catches where we're like, that's a little bit of a slippery slope, uh, but we'll let it go. If you're caught in a hard fallacy, being you are using something, i.e. circular logic or something that kills the conversation, then you have to stop, take a deep breath, say, I'm sorry for using whatever, whatever uh, point I did. And then you have to secede your turn to the other person. So for example, if Ben is saying something and I attack something about Ben. So let's say Ben says, alcohol is bad. And I'm like, but you drink, Ben. That's an ad hominem attack. Ben can say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Me drinking doesn't mean alcohol is not bad. That's an ad hominem. Randy, apology time. Then at the end we go and then we move forward. That's how the show works. Pretty simple. The debate is 20 minutes long. It will start right after we go over what the topic is and who Ben is. So Ben, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. I am Ben Myers. Uh, Randy and I met 
because he was kind enough to do a segment on me when I was down in Ecuador uh, building out an anti-trafficking program uh, with our mutual friend, Sean Stark, and Richard Dimitri, and a whole bunch of other people that I won't list, um, because you probably won't know who they are because they're not in any way associated with self-defense. Um, but uh, that's, that's kind of our historical link. I'm a lifetime martial artist and business guy and executive coach and I do all sorts of things and uh so that's me in a nutshell awesome so the topic we've decided on today is kind of what I've wanted to talk about for a while so and I will definitely get into this on final thoughts because uh I have a lot of theories on this in my own like personal opinion but the topic we agreed upon is should kids be taught self-defense is that correct Yes. Awesome. Ben, what side of the debate are you taking? I am against kids' self-defense. <laughs> and again, as a reminder for what the point of the show is, is he picked a topic he decided to debate, not something he actually feels. I just really want that to be clear. Just like when we did the episode, uh, episode like 21, should we teach boys not to rape or girls self-defense? And I was on the like, bad side that I'm like, this is not what I think. It's just for the debate. So <laughs> I am going to get the clock ready right now. Ben, you have up to four minutes, take as much time as you want, or up, I guess up to four minutes or less to set up your opening statement on why you believe kids should not be taught self-defense while I take the side of kids should teach self-defense. So Ben, when you are ready, go. All right. So I have several reasons why kids should not learn self-defense. Um, firstly, I don't think that it addresses the root of the problem. Meaning, the, the, you, we're picking up one step deep in the issue. The issue really is the perpetrators and their lack of empathy, not the victims and their need to defend themselves. Um, two, they're kids. And so it's questionable whether or not they will have the self-control to practice self-defense ethically. And then um, three, I just, I, I really think that there has to be a ground level uh, re-education process that takes place not just with the kids involved in the situations where they may or may not need to self defend themselves but also with the staff at us at the school or or wherever else um, where the bullying is taking place and I think that takes major precedence over the physical skills of training self-defense at that point you're so far down the road and you failed at so many critical points. I mean, you're just you're just way too far behind the eight ball, and it's probably not even that useless. And it's just going to begin a cycle of of reciprocity and and uh, tit for tat and going back and forth. And it's gonna it's gonna perpetuate violence and not end it. All right, that makes sense. Uh, so I have the opposite side of this equation and 
Uh, again, if you are not subscribed to Patreon, subscribe because everything he said there is going to be my final thoughts for sure. But that's not the point I'm uh, debating right now. So the point I'm debating is kids should take self-defense. Now, in my opinion, there's three areas where kids are getting targeted. So there's bullying, there's grooming, right? And then there is uh, social, I guess there's two. So bullying and grooming. I think that self-defense, taking a class will actually help with both of those areas, but not because of the kicking and the punching part, but because of the confidence that will get built in the kid. So if we look at grooming, for example, uh, predators tend to choose kids with no ties, less ties to social circles, less ties to parents, less confidence that are quiet. If you're in a class yelling kia all the time, you're going to start to learn how to use your voice. Whether a kid can be an adult in my head doesn't matter. It's the selection process that's important, right? So number one, if we're looking at grooming, the confidence built from that is important. We have to assume on that one though, the self-defense program is kind of paying attention to predatory and grooming and they're not always. So I'm 50-50 on this one for the debate because they can easily get taken down that most Taekwondo schools aren't like, and then the child molester, which is fine. Uh, the other one is bullying. Bullying, same selection process, right? They're looking for kids that don't have backup, that don't have whatever. Confidence is going to be one of the key things and you do gain brain body connection and awareness and confidence in even the most mick dojo class has like leadership programs and public speaking i think the other thing that the benefit gives is it tends to reduce the fear of the unknown and most people's mistakes come from unknown unknown factors so if you get tagged in sparring even by accident at least you know what getting punched in the face is like you might not make as many scared choices because you got punched in the face Ben. Um, for sure. I mean, confidence is an issue, but again, I think you're going to probably address that better from an empathy standpoint, right? If, if I, if I can teach you to be empathetic as opposed to trying to build confidence out of thin air, um, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a military guy, and I, I, it's really difficult to build confidence in a short time frame. Uh, and you really need to be put in situations that test you harder than I think any school self-defense program would allow you to push kids. Um, I do think confidence building is critical for sure, uh, but I don't think in, in the setting of you know, a two day self-defense seminar, you're going to get there personally. That's just my personal opinion. Um, if you're talking about years of martial arts training, maybe, right? For sure. I've talked to tons of people. I am one of those people that over years and years of training in the martial arts and being tested, I have built confidence. But I, just because we're talking about self-defense training, I would say, yeah, probably not. Um, just to be clear then, cause I was definitely going down the martial arts road. So you, we want to keep this contained to like a two, three day self-defense seminar, not like continuing training. Is that fair? We could, we can do both. I'll okay. concede, I'll concede the point to you. If we're talking years of martial arts, <laughs> I, I'll hold my position. If we're talking about a weekend self-defense seminar, right? Okay. So it just depends. It's dependent. It's contextual, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
really, I think that's the major weakness is, is the self-defense or martial arts really, ultimately it starts with the physical. Right. Um, which does have its merits for sure. But again, you're starting too, way too far in my opinion, down the timeline. Uh, emotionally, psychologically, um, you're just, you, you've lost too many steps. And to sure. pick up there is, it's kind of being dishonest, right? Like, I, I've started really struggling with a lot of the dishonesty in the martial arts industry and self-defense industry. And I think that it starts with this. We're starting people from a false reference point. If it's devolved into something physical, you've failed at so many points mm -hmm. and those points should be addressed first and take primacy over the physical stuff. Sure. I, ugh, final thoughts. Uh, so I disagree <laughs> because I have to, because of the show, I think that in a self-defense situation, in a self-defense seminar, obviously it depends on what the seminar is teaching. If they're teaching, cause you mentioned ethic, you mentioned, you mentioned, ethics and empathy and i want to talk about that in a second but i think it does work still because a lot of the self-defense advice people give is you know leave the situation create boundaries report but if you have to go to school every day with the same bully none of that self-defense stuff applies right you have to go to class back when kids were allowed to go to school you have to go to class every day right you have to see that person you could report it but it's eventually going to come down to you and them because you're, you're stuck in this area. I could argue the same thing about people in workplaces. I was listening to a podcast. It was like, if somebody's harassing you work, quit your job. I'm like, that's dumb. Like, that's not good <laughs> advice. It's not like, yeah, it's the best self-defense advice. Sure. But that's not life advice. <laughs> Go ahead, Bedford. Um, all right. So again, I mean, I think, Ultimately, there are great programs out there um, that that address it from the perspective where where I think we can both kind of have our cake and eat it too, right? Um, but you know, my stance is and always will be, and this is really a new stance for me. Before we before we started the the podcast, I told you like I'm exercising some new muscles on this yeah. one. I to be like Mister Whack a Mole bash everything headbutts the whole thing right like and, and and you know the the poor kids that i used to teach self-defense to they probably would have wound up in jail had they done any of the stuff that i taught them sure. <laughs> so so i mean like in reality i just i just think we're we're we're, we're it's an, a net negative effect right sure. and for an eye leaves the whole world blind i think we need to start someplace else Right. So the debate topic is, should kids be taught self-defense? So let's kind of narrow that in a little bit tighter because we're kind of getting off into more like training ethics and stuff. Um, you said ethically, and I want to walk this out. You said, you don't know if the kids would ethically be able to uh, do the stuff that's shown. And then you also mentioned empathy and you said they need to be taught empathy. Now I'm going to play semantics game. 
I don't know if you can be taught empathy. I think you can work out your empathy muscle if you have it. And if you don't, you can learn how to pretend to have empathy. But I think with it, you will learn some in self-defense classes. You're not going to learn empathy. If we go long-term, if the coach is good, et cetera, you might find that, right? You kick somebody, you feel bad. You start to learn. Almost every person I know who has experienced violence or who has a career in violence, and I'm sure you're included in this, but I don't want to uh, put words in your mouth, would choose not to use violence, right? Because like, it sucks. It's never great. It's always going to be, there's like eye for an eye leaves the world blind, right? We don't want that. But I, I think if the kid is generally good, the kid will still experience, they'll still have the ethics and the bad kids are always going to be the bad kids. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think we need to start with the bad kids, right? right? If, 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 if I had my druthers and I was going to design a program based on my position on this argument, it would start with the bad kids. Right. It would start with them learning empathy. Um, kind of like the blue eyed, brown eyed experiment that teaches racism, right? Are you familiar with that? Jane Elliott? I've heard it, but review would be great. So, so Jane Elliott does this thing where she divides the class up by eye color, blue eyes, brown eyes. And gives all power to one eye color to, to illustrate what racism feels like, right? And you can, you can design, and I'm not going to get into it, but you could design a whole bunch of exercises and they're out there that teach empathy, right? By putting the shoe on the other foot. Mm. Um, and I think if you start with the perpetrators and, and cut it out at its root, and that's the focus of the training, I, I do think for most people, I mean, for sure, there's like, what is it, 3% or 1%, depending on the research you read, that are like pure sociopaths. And, and this would be a great way to determine that early sure. and, and get, them, get them into some kind of help that they need. But you should be able at a young age to teach empathy if you're drilling things properly. Right. And so I would start with the perpetrators, not the victims. Um, and I would start trying to teach empathy and, and stop the bullying at its root. Right. So that was your second point. So you said you don't think it ethically do it. Your second point was we should be looking at the attacker, not the victim. Now, obviously, it's hard to not agree with that, but my job is not to. So I think that it's – I don't want to get too, like, uh, analogous and compare it to other things, but it's almost like the, you know, let's have stricter gun laws because obviously – that's going to stop things when criminals don't give a fuck about the rules, right? So it's the same thing here. Like you can put a bunch of bad kids in a class and they could go through the motions. I think you're just making a better predator. I think you're just teaching them what to look like and how I should act. And this is the way I can manipulate people to look like I have empathy. You don't. So you're kind of the, the argument you're having is instead of arming the sheep, you want to defang the wolves. Mm, I mean, again, and this is, it, it, it sounds to me, and I may be assuming wrongly, but it sounds to me like you're talking about a little bit older kids. I'm talking about starting really, really young. Okay. I didn't know the context. Um, so I should have I said that to begin with. Um, for sure, if they're seasoned predatory kids, yeah. It's going to be much harder to teach them empathy. But if you start with young kids, you start when the bullying starts right. and you start with the kids while they're young, I think you can probably train empathy into them or train bullying out of them. And then ethics, I mean, from an ethical standpoint, again, I could flip the ethical argument on you, right? Like 
if you got bullies in a, a self-defense class where you're teaching a physical skill set, aren't yeah. you teaching them to be better predators, right? Like 100%. I, back when I used to be predatory, I know that's what I use my skill set for, right? So it goes either way. And I think trying to teach them empathy and ethics as opposed to handing them a toolbox of very effective physical tools, I think it's still a better choice mm -hmm. um, in, in the long run, right? Like I'd rather have a predator with a subset of physical tools that he showed up with that knew how to maybe imitate empathy rather than a, a, a predator with a, a much better uh, set of physical tools that could hurt people more effectively, if that makes sense. So, uh, yes, uh, but, so uh, I agree with that, but if you're, and yes, if you're looking at it from a very social standpoint, like in a fight, in a bullying, but if you're looking at an antisocial standpoint, I would rather, because better empathy means they can get deeper into your life, which means they can control you even harder, which means they can do more abuse. So it depends on what side of the violence coin we're looking at. I agree on your side. Yeah, for the physical stuff, I'd rather them like know how to use nice words while they're kicking me with no, no training. But vice versa, if I'm an abusive partner and I know all the right things to say, and now you're giving me extra training to refine that instead of my natural skill set, that goes really down the predatory grooming line of things. So I don't know if that, again, it's me doing what you did. We're just flipping it back and forth, right? So I think... Ultimately, I think you're looking at like an Oakham's razor thing, right? What the, you want to focus on the 80% of the issue or the 20% the, the of the issue that's going to give you the 80% of the results. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. So, so for sure, you're 100% correct on your point. But those antisocial perpetrators, I mean, it's an incredibly small portion of yeah. society. I mean, if you look at the research, if you look at the, psycholo the psychological research, it, you, uh, if you're being generous, generous, 20%. Sure. Right? So you want to focus on that 80% of the kids that you can get and, and giving them the tools they need because that's, that's where you're going to get the best results, right? It's, it's, it's a bulk bonus as opposed to like – tailoring everything towards the 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 super psychologically warped 20 percent mm -hmm. i mean those people need professional help anyway mm -hmm. right like that's and and I, again like i said i think this would help determine who those people are early and then you can you can shuffle them off someplace and, and get them the help they need which again is hopefully that that without any physicality that will deal with the problem on both sides at the root right early 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 right right i agree with that i think so i'm going to kind of switch gears a little bit because we're almost out of time for the 20 minutes um the you don't so you do from your debate not you but from the debate it sounds like your point is that empathy is not already being taught. And I would argue it is in every preschool, kindergarten class. That's all it is, is empathy, right? They're already trying to teach the kids how to share, what to do. I don't see how adding an extra weekend of that is going to make it any better. And all kindergarten teachers know the bad kids are. We don't shuffle them anywhere. We just keep putting them through the system, right? So at least in a martial arts class, maybe they can get humbled a little physically and realize, 
oh, either A, I need to become a better predator, which obviously is always an option. Or they're like, oh, like that Family Guy reference, right? Where, I don't know if you watch Family Guy, but there's a guy sitting in a prison cell and he has a knife and he's like, stab himself? Is this what I'm doing to people? Right? It's, that, that, might be, that might be what martial arts does. I've seen, I've, and I'm not even a BJJ guy, but I've seen BJJ throw some humble boulders at people who thought there were all this. So back to my point, I think that maybe, I think empathy's being taught. I don't think we're like not doing it. I think the physical part of the martial arts class might be the thing that humbles them because rug time didn't do shit, right? <laughs> well, I, so again, it, I don't know if you remember at the beginning, I did say that's why the staff needs to be retrained yes. too. Yep. Right? Like it, does, it starts at a basic level with everyone involved because you're, you're right. I mean, I, I, I've, I'm not even going to try to, to, to battle that point. You're right. The kids are just being shuffled through and it's not being addressed. I would say that empathy is uh, being acknowledged verbally, right? Like people talk about empathy and the need for empathy, but I don't think there's any, like if I was going to physically drill some stuff, I don't think there's any physical drilling around building empathy. And your example, again, I'm not a BJJ guy either, but there's, I've seen many, a big old fat slice, a humble pie handled out to, to people by BJJ guys, right? Or boxing. I mean, I've seen yeah, it yeah. in boxing too, right? Like, uh, and, and so I do think that it's possible to humble people. And, and so that would be the direction that I would come at the problem from, right? Uh, a ground level, foundational re-education early in life. Right. Awesome. All right. Well, that is time, Ben. That was a super fun conversation. <laughs> Listeners, I know it sounds like I'm asking for money and I am, but join us on final thoughts because this is going to be a good one. Every, everything you said, I was like, ah, I want to say it, but we want to leave a final <laughs> thought. So before we go, please come to us on final thoughts on Patreon, but then why don't you show the people uh, where they can find you and what you're working on right now. Uh, I have a podcast called finding the truth and I'm just trying to highlight people that are making positive difference in their communities or communities around the world in, in various ways. We've had Rich Dimitrion, who is a big reason for my shift in thought process around this, uh, as is our most re recent guest, Debbie Steven from the UK. Uh, and she has a program like the one that I'm describing. Um, I, she's, a, she's a huge reason why I'm kind of shifting my whole thought process and training process towards the position that I took cool. on, on the, the debate. So I would, you know, check out my podcast, listen to those guys and uh, support them because they're doing real awesome work. Yeah. And I've actually looked, Mary Stevens said, right. I looked her up and uh, yeah, very fascinating stuff she has on her YouTube page and stuff. So Debbie, Debbie, Debbie Stevens, Debbie Stevens. Yeah. So check out Debbie Stevens. Uh, highly recommend check out the podcast. Other than that, thank you so much for listening to the show. Like, share, subscribe, social media words, and uh, come join us on Patreon. Bye, everyone.